Hey guys, and welcome to Hunting Land, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you like to stay up to date on hunting tactics, land management, land values, and land market dynamics, this is the podcast for you. This week's show is brought to you by Farm Credit of Northwest Florida. At Farm Credit of Northwest Florida, they believe you deserve the opportunity to pursue your dreams to grow, whether that is through building a homestead, a rural retreat, or building an agricultural enterprise. Choosing your lender and applying for a loan can seem overwhelming, but for over 100 years, they've helped people just like you eliminate the unexpected and secure financing. They do it by helping you explore your options so you can apply with confidence and get started living your dream in the country. Check them out online at www.gorural.net or give them a call at 855-GO-RURAL. I'm Joe Baia here with my co-host Clint Flowers, and this week on the show, we're going to be talking about selecting the best night vision optics for hunting. And there's a lot of misconceptions about night vision, thermal, what you really need, what each one can do and can't do. We're going to dive into all that a little bit later on, because I don't know about you, Clint, turkey season is coming to a close, and... Typically, that means kind of get out of the woods for a while, start thinking a lot more about fishing. But man, I just, I always, I don't know, it's bittersweet for me. I always hate to see the hunting seasons come to a close each year. And hog hunting and predator hunting is something you can do year round. Uh, and that's why we're going to be talking about night vision today. Have you had the opportunity to uh, to do any hunting with night vision? No, but I'm hoping to start this year. We're planning to get after the hogs pretty hard as soon as turkey season's out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing when you first experience being able to navigate and do what you want to do at night. But man, before we get into that, you know... I- I just got to say, man, you know, I was, I was having this thought about you this week. And uh, you remember that quote from Dumb and Dumber when Harry Dunn, he's like, just when I thought you couldn't get any dumber, you go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. And that's been you this week, man. You've had a hell of a week of uh, turkey hunting, haven't you? Yeah. Went from a lot of strikeouts to four successful hunts within a week. Can't beat that, man. What do you attribute it to? Those birds getting, uh, they're breaking away from their hens, getting lonely, or uh, you figure something out in your your tactics? Do you feel like your uh, your birds have changed or have you changed? Probably a little bit of both. That and they've probably gotten a little harder of hearing because they're <laughs> coming into my calls, which is not saying much. Well, you've had a great week and uh, killed some really nice birds. And what do you think about that TSS, man? You, you kind of made the switch, I guess, what, mid, mid-week to that stuff? Do you feel like it made a big difference? Yeah, I noticed that the um, pattern was better. Obviously, you can shoot further, but, you know, my goal has been basically to have a clean kill uh, mm-hmm. in a, in a reasonable distance. And it has definitely done that. Yeah. I think that's, uh, you know, you always hear people talk about, uh, when they're making the argument for not upgrading, you say, you can't kill it. It's not going to kill them any deader. And I would disagree with that. TSS yeah. kills them. It kills them deader. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they yeah. don't hardly move whenever no. you shoot them with TSS. So that stuff hits hard and, and packs a punch, but, uh, well, congrats, man. I'm glad to see you, uh, stuck with it. A lot of guys give up in the, in the early season when things don't go well. Uh, we have had some beautiful weather, so the bugs and the snakes aren't, aren't nearly out as much as they would be. So it's made for a great late season, but I'm, I'm glad to see you uh, are having a good season and uh, that's just great. So let's get into this, man. We're going to learn all about selecting the best night vision optics for hunting. And to do that this week on the show, we are talking to two experts on the subject. We've got Sean Kirk. He's a vice president of night vision systems at Photonist Defense and Chuck Ruback. Chuck's a former Navy SEAL and a professional hunter. Guys, I want you to tell us a little bit more about your background. Why don't you start it out, Sean? Hi, guys. Thanks for having us. We're uh, a pleasure to be here. 
I'm Sean Kirk, Vice President of Night Vision Systems for Photonis Defense. We are based in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and uh, I've been in this night vision industry for about 20 years. Started out with uh, Lytton, and then shortly thereafter, we became Northrop Grumman, um, which now is L3. There are basically three manufacturers of night vision tubes, which is the engine that drives all of our night vision equipment. And uh, we are we are one of the three. So it's a pretty niche business and been around a long time. And there's not much I haven't seen. Chuck, tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, for, how do you go from former Navy SEAL to professional hunter or was it vice versa? Yeah, I, I would say uh, a little bit about, uh, so I grew up in Texas originally, um, hunting from a very young age and then uh, took a pathway into the military, uh, chose a special operations route, uh, became a SEAL, did that for a about 10 years. I was a uh, sniper and a uh, point man and uh, you know, spent a lot of time out in, uh, out in the woods and the uh, hinterland and <laughs> the ocean and, and a lot of other, other things, other places. And then uh, after I was done, I, I did some uh, work with Homeland Security and State Department um, and uh, got into some technical advising roles, which is currently what I do with Photonics as a special operations technical advisor, um, helping uh, review and test and evaluate um, a lot of the systems that we're producing. And uh, anyway, got involved with some uh, executive protection for some uh, high net worth clients that uh, were some considerable landowners that wanted to uh, hunt. So I got them set up with equipment and helped build their hunting programs and then guided them around the world on some exotic hunts in, uh, in Alaska and South Africa and across the United States and uh, some other places as well. So as far as my connection with the uh, outdoor world and night vision world, I've been doing that for well, the outdoor world since I was very young um, without night vision, <laughs> without flashlight. And then uh, once, I guess, with night vision, uh, probably 25 plus years. I think one of the biggest questions I see or, or maybe misconceptions I see uh, from folks that are maybe just getting in to being able to do some night hunting or thinking about doing it is the idea and the thought that night vision and thermal are the same thing. I mean, I see them being used interchangeably. So to start things out, I think it's always important for us to establish the right vocabulary so that the rest of the show makes sense as to what we're talking about. So Sean, why don't you start out a little bit first and just tell us a little bit about how night vision works and how that differs from thermal. Sure. So night vision requires some available light. It uses photons, brings photons in through a device and electrically charges it <laughs> and basically converts it into an electron and then uh, displays the image on a phosphor screen. That phosphor can be green or white, which you've seen either one. White it seems to be the prevalent phosphor that's used right now. And most everybody wants that. The difference between that and thermal, thermal uses heat signatures, right? The difference is you, you don't need available light for thermal, but by using heat signatures, unless you're spending big, big money on thermal, you are a bit compromised in range and resolution. You know, with a decent night vision system, you can see for hundreds, of, if not thousands of yards and pick up available light and as it magnifies it about 10,000 times. With thermal, as you get farther away from the heat signature, you start to lose that. The other issue is there are some limitations with with thermal that like seeing through glass or anything that's cold or and I'll let Chuck talk about this a little bit but uh, you know as when you're out hunting the time certain times of the day where the temperatures conversion matches the body heat of a, of an animal so those are the 
the basic differences. Yeah. And Chuck, I mean, you know, you've seen night vision and thermal in use in all different types of applications. What, what are the advantages someone gains by using night vision over thermal, or is it a different type of tool? I think the latter, Joe, is the different type of tool, meaning I think they can complement each other in a lot of different ways. For myself, personally, you know, when it comes to, let's say, hunting an animal in a dense environment, or a, you want to go into the animal to take a clean shot, obviously, so, and, and you don't want to go looking around for this thing forever. So thermal kind of gets in the way as far as uh, not being able to, to have a clear line of sight. You might see this animal hitting on the range, like Sean mentioned, somewhat clearly, but you might not understand that the thermal isn't picking up the branches in front of the animal or the grass, the heavy grass in front of the animal necessarily. So with, but with night vision, uh, the night vision device, you will be able to have a better understanding of, of taking a, a, a more clean shot. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. And from application standpoint, when I've used thermal, I've definitely seen that in play uh, where, you know, you thought you had a clear shot, but you didn't. And the other thing, you know, like, okay. like you said, Sean, is being able to see through, see through glass is, is really important. You, a lot of times when you're looking for animals at night, uh, and we're talking in our area, you know, in most parts of the country, you're talking about guys hunting predators, hunting hogs, you're doing it with the aid of a vehicle. So you're out trying to find these animals first and then maybe put on a stalk after that. So we talk a little bit about advantages, but are there any limitations to night vision? I mean, is there anything that thermal can do that night vision can't, or could you use night vision to do everything if you only could choose one? Well, sure. Thermal has some advantages and like Chuck said, it, you know, it's a, it's a different tool in the toolkit, really. If you're in an area in very, very low light or no light at all, if you're in a cave, for example, which probably doesn't happen, not many people hunt in caves, but, you know, on the on the battlefield, it sure, it sure happens. And places that we've been at, our guys have been around the world, it sure happens. And Chuck can probably address that some more, much better than I can. But um, you have to have some sort of a, available light for night, for night vision to work because it amplifies available light. Now, you can throw on an illuminator and overcome that. But that has limited range, right? So, well, I'll just let Chuck take it from there. Yeah. So, so typically, what I've done, like you said, uh, like, like what we're talking about, is different tools. So, I've I've scanned with the thermal, and then I've closed uh, with my night vision uh, device scope on my rifle, so to speak. Um, so, so, you know, spot and stalking, and or setting up. You know, I'll do my scans with the thermal to see if there's something there. What is that? I don't know. Is it a hog? Is it a small? Is it a small uh, deer? I don't want to shoot a, you know, obviously shoot a deer with uh, uh, at night, which is illegal because I confused it with a hog. So right. with the night vision device, the thermal allows me to uh, scan the area, kind of see what's going on. Uh, there's a raccoon over there messing around, or there's, is that a hog or is it a raccoon? What is that? And then with the thermal, with the night vision, I'm able to uh, dial in and get a little bit more or get most specific to my target. And, and to Sean's point, the uh, with the illuminator you guys have all seen you can shine a light at an animal it doesn't necessarily scare it so you could get more clarity out of it and add to that if it's very 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 dark no moon you know cloudy uh very little ambient light going on um you might need to, uh, to illuminate that a little bit that's you know your target um but most of the time if you have a clear night uh, you know just the starlight alone um it's enough to, to see very clearly and especially with uh, you know our stuff chuck first and foremost thank you for your service 
and really to both you guys, because I'm sure the technology and everything that's that's coming with this are helping a lot of our men and women in the military in the short and long term. Well, thank you for your support. Always. As far as hunters go, I mean, what are the different ways you've seen night vision utilized, you know, outside of just the uh, conventional methods we're thinking about? Yeah, so uh, a quick story. Um, We took a moose uh, with one of my clients up in Alaska years ago, and uh, it was a last light shot. And rules in Alaska, right, is is to hike out the meat first, right? So you got to hike the meat out first before you come back for anything else. But um, we had to do multiple trips, and and the animal was literally miles into the black timber and uh and across bogs and and swampy areas and beach land and, and everything else it was a was not an easy <laughs> it was not an easy recovery so to speak and uh i didn't have i had a thermal at the time a handheld thermal and uh but i didn't have a, a night vision device on me and i definitely could have used one um to make the, the trek a lot more efficient or effective uh, back and forth. So to your point, Clint, the, uh, you know, it's not just about the, the, the terminal shot you're about to take. It's about getting in, getting set up, getting out safely. You know, most hunters, you know, when you hunt, you're in, in, in austere conditions most of the time. Uh, weather could be a factor, usually is. Uh, terrain is always a factor. Uh, distance, um, duration, all those kind of things matter. And, you know, it takes a toll on your body especially if you, if you can't see where you're going and you're running into stuff and a flashlight is great. Right. But if I'm going, if I'm going to my, my hunting stand uh, or I'm trying to close distance on an animal, let's say from a stalking perspective, I want to consider, you know, obviously my wind direction and how I'm approaching that animal, but I also want to consider my noise factor. Right. So if I'm just taking a straight line through the brush, my chances have significantly been reduced because I'm making a bunch of damn noise. So if I have uh, a night vision device, or let's say a set of more autonomous goggles, I can pick the most effective, quietest path um, and kind of set myself up better for success on that animal and and not lose it uh, or not miss it um, because I'm able to kind of navigate through the terrain because I can see what I'm doing and where I'm going without having to shine this bright light. You know, obviously you've all seen a night the light at night in the in the woods cast a bunch of shadows. So if I can reduce that and I can see more effectively, um, I can be more effective as a, as a as a hunter. Man, I can't agree with that anymore. You know, we're we're talking about hunting, and so you think shooting and you think optics being able to identify, right. but you don't necessarily think about all the navigational aspects that you could use night vision for. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've just think about just standard deer hunting, and I've set up a tree stand in the daylight and tried to get back to it in the early morning and maybe I'm set up within, you know, 75 to a hundred yards of where a mature whitetail is bedded. That's not an easy task to get in there quietly and not spook that animal out. So something like night vision give you the ability to do that without having to use a flashlight like you're talking about without making a bunch of racket or getting lost. Like I have, you know, before trying to find the stand that I put up and you, you don't necessarily think about, all the other ways, you know, I mean, think about Clint, you know, duck hunting, you know, run, running rivers on a boat, all the different ways that we're, we're always out in the dark. We're either, either in the early morning or yep. in the late afternoon. Navigation would be a huge bonus to that, but let's talk about the actual hunt itself. So we, we have covered a little bit on being able to identify those animals. So I think that's 
a really big aspect of, of night hunting, if we're talking about hunting at night, is being able to positively identify what is there so that you don't make a mistake. But second to that is actually taking the shot. So we're talking about using something like a binocular or goggles to be able to navigate. Most guys are on a limited budget. Can you use the same thing you would use to navigate to actually take the shot? Yeah. So I, I don't know if this metric is correct, but I would say that 97% of hunting is, is preparation, right? And that 3% is that shot. And preparation means, you know, you're on the range, you're selecting the right, right weapon for the right uh, animal, the right ammo, et cetera. You know, you're, you're, so you're practicing, you're, you're scouting out your area, you're understanding where the bedding areas are, where the where their trails are, you're setting up cameras. And so you can do this for weeks and months, right? And you guys have all done it. So, and then all of this is leading up to that successful moment where you touch that trigger. So I would say that the majority of it is preparation. And like you said, Joe, uh, Clint, getting in there uh, and getting out, getting in there, getting up, set up on the animal without, uh, without disturbing you know, their environment. Because obviously we're in their kitchen, right? We're in their kitchen, we're in their, we're in their house. They can see we can't. There's a reason they're operating at night, right? Because um, they they're not afraid to, and they can they're very comfortable with that. But with getting set up and getting prepared, all of those things lead up to uh, that final moment. And yes, to answer your question, you can add on these devices to uh, your rifle, um, and you can mount them. There's there's different ways to do that, uh, but you can you can take your scope and uh, basically turn it into you know a, a night vision scope, so to speak. At the same time, I'll, I'll talk about the budget for a second. I think it's interesting because I see guys will spend uh, fifty, sixty thousand dollars on an F one fifty, and then uh, you know thousands of dollars on their rifle and their scope, thousands of dollars on their on their hunting gear and equipment, stands, land, you know, leases, etc. So I don't know what the numbers are, but tally it all up. Whether it's tackle for the fish you want to get, or it's gear and equipment for the animal you want to take. Uh, you know, the corn you throw down and the feeders you set up and the, uh, everything you do to all that costs money and time. And uh, I, I think it's kind of backwards thinking to, to think that I'm just going to get a cheaper piece of night vision uh, that's going to be probably not worth it when I've got a $1,500 pair of Leica binos around my neck, you know, a rangefinder. You know, I've, I've got all this other kind of stuff and I've spent uh, all this other, you know, I got a night, night force scope on my rifle that's Four, three or four thousand dollars, along with a uh, rifle that's three or four thousand dollars. That I'm, you know, it's my baby. And um, I think you want to kind of invert that thinking and to uh, making sure that you have the best uh, equipment possible because you're gonna you're gonna use it for years, right? You're gonna you're gonna depend on this stuff. You know, Chuck, I really hope my wife isn't listening to this show once it airs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do any well, of the things I don't know what that you're talking are, about. Joe. I don't know what the numbers are, but <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that I don't there. do any of those things you're talking about. But no, I mean, well, here, here's the other thing too. Every, you know, I'm I'm a big believer too of just buy once, cry once. And if you're buying quality equipment, you're going to have a better experience with that equipment. But also, good equipment doesn't lose value. It, it just right, really, right. you know, it just really doesn't. I mean, you can go look at the gun market and and very easily see what happens when you buy a, a nice gun. So I, I definitely believe in that. Now, so we've talked about navigation, talked about the fact that you can use it for spotting, you can use it for shooting. It, it really spans a wide range of, of uses. But here's the next part. And that's actually picking out 
night vision. If you're going to do this and you, you want this option in your tool belt, there's a lot of vernacular out there that can get confusing to someone who's not used to dealing with it. I mean, we're all used to seeing, all right, this is a three by 12 by 50 scope. So let's talk about the different types of night vision that's available. And Sean, tell us a little bit about some of the science behind what somebody needs to be looking for. Maybe some of the questions that they should be asking themselves in choosing what's going to work best for their application. Sure. And to kind of go to the point of what you were talking about earlier, there is definitely a law of diminishing returns on the amount of money you spend on a night vision goggle to what you get out of the performance out of it. You know, there's a lot of, I'll just excuse the vernacular crap out there that is either Russian or from Belarus that you see, if you see in the case at some of the big box retailers and stuff, and you see a, a $500 night vision or a, or a $700 digital night vision, you know, definitely caveat emptor, let the buyer beware you are, uh, you're going to get what you pay for a hundred, a hundred percent. So you want to make sure that you're dealing with a reputable company and there are many around. We, we think we're the best at it, but, uh, there are, there are certainly many around and you want to understand the specifications. And, and if somebody's trying to sell you something without specification, just tell you it's good, trust me, then it's probably not. So you want to fake. Um, the specifications that are given to you by the manufacturer and, and get the best that you can get. And that doesn't mean necessarily the best performance. It's an all around thing. You want the, you know, in our case with our PD pro systems, they're the lightest and the fastest and also have some of the best performance parameters out there, right? You want to be cognizant of all that. All right, let's take a quick break. Take a minute to check out some of the businesses that keep this show free for you each week. SunSouth. If your to-do list requires work on the land, go see the folks at SunSouth. They listen to your needs so you get the right equipment, the right implements at a price you can't afford. And during their spring sales event, you can save even more on quality John Deere equipment at SunSouth with 0% financing on select models like zero-turn mowers and compact utility tractors. For John Deere equipment, sales, parts, and service, go see the folks at SunSouth. Equipment for those that do. Some restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Expires May 31st, 2021. So when it comes to the type of optics available, uh, you see people throwing around night vision goggles, binoculars, monoculars. Chuck, I mean, where, where does somebody need to start out, do you think? Maybe take me through why you would choose a monocular over a goggle or a, or a binocular. Maybe talk about the differences in these types of optics. Okay, so uh, again, going back to tools, again, depending on your application, Joe. So, I, I mean, I might, let's say I, I am on a budget because my wife doesn't like that I spent this much money on a truck and uh, <laughs> whatever. So I'm on a little bit of a budget. So I might opt for a, a monocular, you know, a single eye uh, device, handheld piece where you can also mount it, head mount it, and, you know, wear it on your, on your, on your head with just uh, one eye. Um, looking through it, which is fine. I've done that many, many times. Uh, or you could put it in your pocket or hang it around your neck and then use it as necessary, again, to uh, maybe get to your blind. Uh, or to or you could actually use it also to, uh, depending on the, the type of uh, uh, attachments you need, but you could, you could mount it to your rifle in front of your scope, behind your scope, depending, and then kind of go from there. Or if, you, if, if money is no object, 
Um, I might go for a binocular because it's a lot easier to uh, have that binocular, somewhat binocular vision, so to speak. Uh, again, you could head mount it. The Photonis uh, equipment uh, that we're talking about here today is, is, is awesome. It's, it's small and light and fast, like Sean was talking about, and it causes less neck strain, less eye strain. It's very comfortable. It's very clear. It's very good. And you could use it in a lot of different applications while driving. If that's, you know, if you're on land or something, I wouldn't recommend doing it on the highway necessarily. But uh, you can you can drive with it, you can walk with it, you can climb with it, um, you can do anything uh, we do on the battlefield with it. It kind of just depends on what you're looking to do for it. But kind of like selecting a scope, you know, it depends on uh, what kind of rifle, what kind of animal, what, what I'm what I'm going after with uh, what I'm gonna what I'm gonna use. Is the field of view greater with binocular? over a monocular it, it depends on the on the monocular there are wide angle monoculars the, the, the issue with that when you're when you're increasing field of view you're you're usually decreasing uh, magnification right so um, you're getting further away from your subjects so typically our, our monoculars and binoculars are about 40 degrees so what about battery life in the limited night hunting that i've done that has been an issue with our optics, I mean, we're having to make sure we got plenty of batteries, uh, lots of backups. So what can you expect if your goal is to have as much battery life as possible? Do you choose a different type of night vision optic or just kind of talk, talk me through what somebody needs to think about when it comes to battery life? Yeah, our monos and binos are about the same battery life. It's about 25 hours with the standard lithium AA battery. However, on our binoculars, we have a port where you can you can hook up an external battery pack and get up to 50 hours of uh, of battery life. So you can definitely go for a long, long time with our with our binos. Chuck, you were talking about mounting the optic, uh, whether it's a monocular or binocular. What what are the advantages to doing that? I mean, is it just to be hands free? And what what kind of equipment would you need to do that? Right. So uh, we've got a few different options where you could uh, wear it on a a Protec type helmet, which is very uh, comfortable. You need certain mounts that we offer for that. For any any night vision from any company that you would buy, you'd have to have a mounting type system for it. Uh, you can also we also have a, a soft kind of a head strap, uh, almost like a kind of a, a GoPro type soft mount headed thing that you can mount that to as well. You can adjust it. Typically, uh, you know, I don't I don't go hunting without it. There's some kind of headgear on, you know, whether it's a, a, a boonie hat or a baseball cap type thing, or you know, or trying to keep my head warm or something else. But you could put that on, and then you could wear your hat over it. But yeah, it, so the hands-free, yes, because uh, you are um, our night vision. You can kind of move it out of the way if you need to, or flip it up and out of the way. So if you're getting into your blind or you're doing something else, whatever it is, whatever it is, you could it's ergonomic to the point where um, you can get it out of the way if necessary, and or flip it back down and uh, use it immediately for the most part. Uh, right. And you can do the same thing on a weapon. You can have a flip mount on a weapon, so you can move it in and out of line if you need to. Right. So if you're going from uh, dark to dawn, and uh, you know you don't need it anymore, you just flip it out of the way. So to speak, and, it, and so that brings up another point with maintenance. You know, just like anything, guys. You know, so my rifle's my baby, so I'm, I'm going to make sure I protect it and take care of it and maintain it at all times. Same kind of thing with uh, with the, the optics on it uh, or the night vision attached to it. It or myself, you know, you just want to take care of it um, because it it is it is sensitive to a point where um, I don't want to drop it and bang it around. You know, it's not my flashlight. 
so I just take as much care with my uh, my night vision devices as I do with my rifle or scope. So, guys, you know, we talked about some of the advantage of of night vision versus thermal, but how far can you use this from a distant perspective before you start losing, you know, that edge, that clarity? So, uh, one one of the factors in that that Sean could go into greater detail as far as the manufacturing, uh, but the are the optics that we use with photonics. So the uh, ocular lens, uh, ocular optics, and the objective optics, you know, in the front and back end of the uh, of the goggle or the mono or the monocular. So anybody that's looked through a scope, a high end, uh, you know, scope and a low end scope, you can tell almost just immediately by looking through it uh, the clarity that you see. And Joe, you, you, you get on the uh, not you know, the light gathering ability of those optics in a in a low light situation with uh with a naked eye scope. And our optics are, are very good. And Sean, you can go into kind of what kind of optics we have, and what some of the other folks out there that if you're trying to not spend as much, uh, you're not going to get as much because. And one of those factors is the optics, and we could talk about how that affects resolution as well. Sure, I mean our, our optics are are German made as opposed to some of the lesser expensive stuff that you get at the big box retailers and things out there are often Chinese made. So there's just, there's just no comparison. And I hate to keep beating a dead horse about it, but it is, you get what you pay for. And uh, so ours, ours are, are made in Germany. They're also tuned with coatings to uh, maximize our performance of our image tubes that are inside our, our, our systems. Speaking of the difference in the glass, and why don't you just talk a little bit about how y'all manufacture, what y'all do differently. I mean, you've hit on that a little bit, but y'all do some things quite differently than, than other manufacturers. So just take, take me through what someone can expect as far as advantages that come from the way y'all manufacture your night vision. Yeah. Kind of our tagline is lighter, more rugged and faster, you know, lighter, smaller, faster, more rugged. Our PD pro systems, which is our newest line of, of systems that we've launched in the last six months are based on a 16 millimeter tube. Everybody else pretty much out there as based on an 18 millimeter tube. What that does is that the 16 millimeter tube is about 40% weight and, and space savings. Um, so it allows you to get a very small, very lightweight, very rugged system. For example, our binocular is, a, is a, an aerospace aluminum housing and it weighs less than 500 grams. And uh, so you, you've got a, a metal system, which is much more rugged. It, it allows us to waterproof the system. The standard is, is down you know, to 33 feet, but we can do subversions down to uh, 66 feet and uh, a system that won't be, it's a, it's a metal, metal housing. So it won't be ever interrupted if you, you know, and God forbid for preppers out there, if they're using, if they were worried about the EMPs, you've got uh, a Faraday cage that'll, that'll keep it from being uh, affected and and blown out by a, a magnetic pulse. So it's just a great system. People, when they pick it up there, they are, uh, shocked at the size and weight of the system. When I think about ruggedness, I think about myself because I can, I tend to be pretty tough on equipment. It sounds like, sounds like Chuck, uh, he, he really likes his rifle and he treats it like his baby. I kind of treat mine like a redheaded stepchild sometimes. So, you know, the, uh, <laughs> the thing is, is that when I buy things, I want to be able to make sure they're going to be able to be not neglected, but used and, and still come back for more. So, what kind of warranty is, and how long do night vision optics last? I mean, you were talking earlier about how night vision works. Does that diminish over time? Uh, is it something that has to be refreshed, so to speak, or is it just going to go and go and go? No, not really. It just uh, goes until end of life. Our 
MTBF mean time between failure on our tubes is 10,000 hours. So you can get 10,000 hours out. Now I challenge anybody to abuse the, a pair of night vision goggles for, for 10,000 hours. That's a lot of hours. So, you know, as long as they're being treated well, not pointed at the sun, not pointed at lasers, things like that, they'll last you a long time. Our standard warranty, limited warranty is on, uh, you know, depending on how it's been used and, and, and things like that, but uh, is uh, two years on each, on all, all of our systems. Well, with anything that we buy, no matter how much money we're spending, we're always trying to get the most value we can. And, you know, it doesn't matter if it's some of the examples Chuck was using earlier, it might be a $60,000 truck, but there's a reason why you buy that $60,000 truck is because the components in that truck are helping you get something done that maybe the the $45,000 truck couldn't. Uh, and maybe you don't need everything that the $80,000 truck offers. When it comes to night vision, it's not going to be any different. Folks are wanting to get the most value for their dollar. So when it comes to, you know, finding the best night vision for the money, what kind of different lines do y'all offer? We have, uh, we've tried to kind of cross the, the spectrum so we can have something for every, every level of, of buyer. You know, we've got uh, a high-end uh, set of panoramic goggles that um, you'd be surprised that some of these hunters that want to have the coolest kit out there have, have purchased. Uh, down, which is our PD Pro Q uh, system, um, cool system, get you 104 degrees of field of view and a very lightweight, very fast system. Uh, down to the Bino, which is our PD Pro B, um, which is our our standard binocular, all metal housing, 16 millimeter, based on the 16 millimeter tube, light, small, fast, as we've talked about, and then our mono, which is essentially half of a Bino. It's uh, one channel of a Bino, the PD Pro M. That gives you, uh, you know, the more budget conscious person, if they can't afford the Bino, they can, they can drop down to the, to the PD Pro M, the, the Mono. But we, then we have a, our Viper line, which is a ruggedized, if, ever, if anybody knows what a PVS-14 is, it's a basically a ruggedized edition of the PVS-14, um, largely with our Echo line of tubes, which is a Echo, we call it for economical, um, which is a fallout of our standard high-end tubes, very good quality but at about half the price of a normal, of a normal system. So if we, we try to cover the, the gamut of, of people's needs. And that's, that's what we have. Well, guys, I, I know that I definitely want to get some night vision. I mean, this is something that you use every time you go hunting. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's navigating, looking for animals in an actual hunt, you know, night hunting pursuit, just getting around the woods. I mean, I could see it being so useful. And the other thing that I mean, I could really see it. God forbid you ever need to use this in a, in a, like a rescue type situation. I mean, I think about marine applications, somebody falls in the water or you get somebody that gets lost. I mean, a lot of guys are hunting out West and they're, they're doing backcountry trips. I mean, I would have to think that this would be yeah. invaluable if you were ever to be faced with that kind of a situation. hundred percent, Joe. The, uh, you know, think about it, you know, we're, we're visual creatures, right? And half of our lives are spent in the darkness you know, for the most part. And, um, you know, especially if you're, if you're a guy that's going out and uh, doing um, outdoors uh, exp exploration or, or camping or hunting or whatever it is, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go in the back country without a set. If I'm looking for animals, you know, what, what, what animals do if you take a shot and it runs, it, it's typically going to go to the, you know, thickest brush and, and lay down. And while you sit there and, and count the seconds uh, before you get out of the stand and go look for this thing, <clears throat> give it a chance to lay down, um, calm down. You know, you're going to you have a general direction of where it went, but 
And again, with, we talked about the flashlight. Of course, they're going to have a couple flashlights on me, but at the same time, they, those throw a lot of shadows. And if you ever look for an animal at night, uh, it's really hard in thick brush or um, thick timber, you know, with all the shadows that the light is casting. When I might just put on my night vision goggles and, and take a second and kind of, you know, scan the area, see my direction safely where I'm going, and and go get my game. Uh, you know, like you said, from a rescue standpoint, you know, most of the places that we're going, uh, you know, have rocks and cliffs and crevices and other kind of dangers involved, um, you, you can use it for a lot of different applications. If you want to see at night, which, um, you know, we live a lot, a, lot, a lot of time, a lot of hours in the darkness, this is an opportunity to do that and uh, and, and do it right. And, and I, I'm a big proponent of the platonic equipment because it, it just, it does, it does the job greatly. Well, guys, if folks want to get more information on night vision, learn more about the science behind it, the different types of optics that are out there and try to match what you offer to the application that they've got in mind, where, where should they go to get more information? Where can they go also from a, from a retail perspective, where could they go to actually purchase? Yeah. And the easy thing to do is go to our website, photonistdefense.com and everything there is there for them, including our list of distributors. We're a distributor based business. So we have a list of distributors where they can go, go uh, buy their goggles, place orders and, um, most of them will have in stock and can get quick shipment. You know, guys, I've never thought about the uses for night vision outside of, you know, really predator control and hogs and things like that. But the more we've talked today, the, the more I've thought of other reasons that I, that I want this, you know, we've talked about slipping into the stand early and, you know, a lot of our clients have these really high end recreational properties, lodges, supplemental feed programs, wildlife biologists, all these investments they make for their property all year long. You know, but then they come bumbling in in the morning with a flashlight because they don't have any other choice. Uh, they run that big deer off or even worse. We all know those big mature deer like to walk in right at the last few minutes of legal shooting time. And you know, you've been all this time and money growing that deer and getting him to where he is. He steps out. You take a shot. He runs off and they'll cover some ground. So now you're out there with your 12, 20, $50 flashlight walking around trying to find this deer that you spent hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars developing and growing, you know, I would love any of these products in my tool set to help me find that deer and make sure that I capitalize on that investment that I've made in that property right there, you know, rather than have to go back to the camp with a story about how I can't find him and hopefully we can get him tomorrow. Yeah, Clint, and for that, to add to that point, you know, it's, it's one of those things where one of those pieces of kit that, you know, just like my, my, my driver or my favorite shotgun or rifle or, or scope or binos or whatever, it's one of those pieces of kit uh, and, and particularly, you know, since I've used this, uh, this photonist, these new photonist systems, it's once you use it, you'll, you'll wonder how you went this long without having a set. Once you start using it, you'll, you'll go to that piece of equipment, that piece of kit all the time and, and you'll be surprised. Uh, how much use you, you get out of it, and how much how much it reduces that that pain, that emotional pain of the difference between losing that you know one one eighty one ninety buck whatever it is or not. So it's something that once you use it, you're going to go to it all the time, and you'll realize how important of a piece of kit that it is. No doubt, man. Well, guys, it has been a pleasure, and appreciate y'all sharing your experience uh, and your technical knowledge in night vision and how we could use it effectively. 
And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Next time, uh, we're going to be talking about some of the uh, the hunting tactics that we can use with night vision. And I'll uh, be looking forward to having you guys back on. Great. Thanks for having us. Clint, you know, I relate night vision a lot to like game cameras. Uh, when game cameras first came about, there were some people that immediately adopted them. Now it's it's pretty ubiquitous. I mean, most everybody uses game cameras and most hunters would just wouldn't want to do without them. But, it, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where you just you don't know you need it until you've used it and seen the advantages. And when you think about on a on a big property. I mean, folks have got more money wrapped up in game cameras for sure than they would in a in a set of night vision. So for guys that spend a lot of times outdoors, a lot of time outdoors, it seems like a a very useful but almost an essential piece of of kit if you can swing it yeah it is now you know now that i have kind of opened my eyes i guess pun intended to all the alternative uses for them that i haven't thought of before so you know with all the large landowners we work with and high-end recreational buyers that we deal with on a daily and weekly basis it's you know it's it's nice to be aware of all these opportunities for uh products like this to supplement their all their efforts that they're doing to to really manage these high-end recreational tracks better and, you know, in all the different ways that we discussed today. Really looking forward to hopping on their website and playing around and, you know, seeing which which product I want to pick up because it's definitely happening. Yeah. Well, guys, if you want that website again, it's www.photonis.com. And that's P-H-O-T-O-N-I-S. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Y'all go check them out. But that is going to wrap it up this week. We want to make it easy for you to listen to each show as soon as it's ready. So here's a handy way to do it. To get the podcast emailed to you each week, all you got to do is text the word hunting with a G to 773-770-4377. Again, just text the word hunting to 773-770-4377 and you'll join our email list. And as always, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Hope you guys stay safe out there. We'll talk to you next week. This week's Hunt and Land podcast has been brought to you by Fox Island Marine. They have new pontoon boats, bass boats, bow riders, and aluminum boats for sale. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Bucks. You can visit them at 4500 Highway 77 in Southside, Alabama, or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And also brought to you by Brush Clearing Services. Check out their full line of property and land services at brushclearingservices.com or call them at 706-718-1690. And also SunSouth. Own the best for less. Visit SunSouth for quality John Deere equipment you've been dreaming of or visit sunsouth.com. SunSouth for those that do. And also Farm Credit of Northwest Florida. For over 100 years, they've helped people just like you explore your options so you can apply with confidence and get started living your dream in the country. Check them out at GoRural.net or give them a call at 855-GO-RURAL. This week's show has been brought to you by Joe Baia and Clint Flowers, members of the top producing team at National Land Realty, the fastest growing and most innovative land brokerage in the nation. Bottom line, we know land and now is a great time to buy or sell. Want to know why? Shoot us an email at pros at or call us at 855-NLR-LAND.
and also by Great Days Outdoors magazine. Are you looking for that one-of-a-kind Father's Day or Mother's Day gift? If so, head on over to greatdaysoutdoors.com and check out the best gifts for outdoorsmen 2021. We've curated a bunch of unique ideas to help you find that awesome gift for the outdoorsman on your list. Just head over to greatdaysoutdoors.com slash best gifts for outdoorsmen to check it out. 